This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And tonight we're going to talk about the next episode, probably one of my favorite episodes of this series, Walkabout. Welcome back to Previously on Lost. I am Mike. I am excited to go back to the island to see what secrets and some foreshadowing this island may have for some things. And I cannot do this alone, though. I have my co-host, Bill. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing I'm doing ex- uh, great because I'm looking forward to this episode. I knew it was coming. Yeah, it's um, it's it's sort of like a classic, you know. And when I when I rewatched it, it really felt super familiar to me. And and just yeah, this is this is one that you know in the early years of watching it, I think I went back to a, f- a few more times than than the average, <laughs> you know. Right. Oh yeah, it's got a lot of um. Oh, how do I put hidden gems that help later on episodes yeah. that 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 you really refer back to? So, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. But we'll get into all that. And uh, right now, if there's anything else, we can go ahead and start digging in this episode. You got anything else we need to talk about first? No, I'm ready. All right. So this is episode number four. It aired on October the 13th of 2004. Wow, almost 15 years ago. And it was directed by Jack Bender and written by David Fury. When the survivors run out of food, Locke, Kate, and Michael, wow, go on hunting a boar. Michael gets injured, so he and Kate go back. But Locke stays out hunting and ends up running into the creature living in the jungle. A couple of facts about this episode before we actually talk about the episode itself. While Locke's paralysis and subsequent, quote-unquote, spoiler warning, cure, have become a central element of the show, they were introduced relatively late in production. As late as the second episode, when Locke tells Walt, I have a secret, the writers did not know what the secret was. So they kind of wrote themselves in a corner there. Hmm. And they had to figure out something. Uh, After this episode aired, ABC announced that Lost had been picked up for the full season. Wow, interesting. Awfully late, but you know, for well, for for, for back then. Uh, Locke mentions that he worked as a collection supervisor for a box company. Later on, spoiler: if you don't want to hear this point part, you know, go forward a few seconds. In episode one eighteen, numbers that featured Hurley, we learned that his accountant has purchased controlling interest in a box company for Hurley's portfolio. Hurley is therefore Locke's boss. <laughs> That's really that could have turned out to be a really awkward scenario on the island. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, 
during the flashback scene at approximately the 9 minute and 40 mark, after Randy indicates he wants the TPS reports by noon, Locks begins punching the electric paper calculator as Randy walks away. The resulting ticka-ticka sound is the same sound the smoke monster makes throughout the series. I picked up on that when I was when you I was did. watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally yep. uh yeah, it's there. I didn't pick up on that until like after my second viewing of the entire show. And I was like, you know what? That noise, I've heard that somewhere. I've heard that somewhere. And I went back to this episode, and there it was. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So we're just going to kind of go through, and we're going to kind of outline this episode and, uh, and kind of talk about it and go through what happened in the episode and kind of give our thoughts as we go through. So, Bill, just stop me as, uh, as you f- see fit. Let's go. All right, so we open this episode with Locke waking up on the beach. Now, I like this uh, because it's kind of a uh, um, um, callback to, to, to Jack waking up on the island. Yep, it's the uh, it's 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 like just right away we're we're thrown right into the theme, which I think is perspective or point of view here with this episode, and so we're getting the same sequence of events uh and it's just told through the eye of Locke in this case the same sequence as the opening to the pilot like you said uh where first we got it through jack and it, it, it's so similar the open that shot is so similar that like when you first see it you're like oh there's that there's that again right but it's actually Locke with his injured eye um yep. so yeah so Definitely being thrown right into that, uh, that the, the concept of the eye and the perspective and the point of view and things change depending on the point of view, which there are later episodes where that especially comes back again, that, that same theme. Right. There's one, I think, in season two regarding a, a man and a woman. I'm not going to give their names away now, uh, but but they, they – I, I like the way – and we'll get, we'll talk about that later about, about how they filmed that episode. It was really it was really good, and I think you know which one I'm talking about. I think so. Um, but uh, so Locke wakes up, and then he's kind of just laying there. We don't know why he, and then he just stares down at his feet. And honestly, we if you unless you've seen this episode, you don't know why. But he's just kind of like, okay, am I moving? Everybody kind of the way the director shot this was it was just it, it was like you didn't know what was going on in his mind. Like he's like, oh crap! I just survived a plane crash, or or, but but you'll find out why he's doing that here toward the end of the episode. And it's really hard to go back and try to get put myself in the same headspace as first realizing that. And I can't remember. Yes. I can't remember if I had already known that having having watched like second half of season two, then come back to season one. I don't think I really knew exactly that that. I don't remember seeing. I, I can't remember, but. Um, but yeah, like it's hard to imagine being a first-time watcher. So if you are listening to this and you're working your way through it for the first time, let us know um, what kinds of hints you picked up on in terms of what he was struggling with at that point. Right, because they didn't they didn't make the reveal until with about three or four minutes left in the episode. Yeah, I mean they waited the whole time, and when he was at work and in the break room, you would have never known anything. The way they had the, the 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 wheelchair kind of covered up there, so they did a great job. So then the scene shifts back to everyone hearing noises in the fuselage and Vincent barking and waking everybody up. And uh, 
Michael tells Walt, can't you control your dog? <laughs> he's just like, he said, well, I, I, I don't know what he's barking at. I've tried to get him to stop. He won't stop barking, and, and he keeps barking. And um, so everybody, so they start walking to there, and the funny thing was is that everybody, everybody thought it was, well, Jack thought it was Sawyer. <laughs> so they, so they, they start looking around. He says Sawyer, and all of a sudden you just, I'm like, quote, would repeat everything that Sawyer said, and he said, right behind you. <laughs> And it's just, it was, it was funny to me that that just, that just happened. Um, so they go into, the, so they get closer to the fuselage and I love how Jack's there with the light and Sawyer's got like the big floodlight. And yeah, it's, and, that's like the looting thing, right? Like right. Sawyer's got this giant, very useful light. light and Jack's got this tiny thing. Yeah. It, it, it was so funny to me. It really was. <laughs> and, um, and then he, so they shine up there, and what makes it funny is that they also have like so they don't know what that noise is, but yet they have the pregnant lady there with them at the fuselage, which to me makes it funny. Um, but but anyway, so they're there, and then they don't know what it is yet. They don't know what it is yet, and then all of a sudden, Sawyer's like, "I'm done with this," and he just shines this massive light right there, and. <laughs> And lo and behold, he sees he sees something, and you see eyes. A, you see like almost eyes. the eyes reflecting the light, right? Almost like a cat or like some sort of creature in the in the dark. Right, and you have no idea what it is at all. Still, um, so they so they sign it, and lo and behold, it ends up being some boar. So they seize the so so they see the boar, and everybody's running out of way. Everybody's panicking to get out of there. And they and uh, and eventually the boar run off into the jungle. Um, so then the next is it that I can't remember. So it was the next. It was that evening. Saeed is talking with Kate and um, and Jack, and they're talking about what they need to do with the the boar problem or the fuselage because there's there's still a bunch of dead bodies because they haven't done anything with them. Yeah. And Jack brings up that it's been four days. Nobody's coming. So they obviously, after four days of dead bodies, what's the most likely scenario? They're going to start stinking. They're going to start attracting animals and that kind of thing. Not trying to be disrespectful. That's just what's going to happen. And um, so Jack suggests a plan to burn the bodies. Yeah. What did you think about that plan? Uh, so this is where you get into um, another another side theme for this episode a side theme I guess but a, a big theme throughout and the idea like of like faith versus science so you have Jack who's speaking purely from a logical perspective and saying you know the the we don't have shovels like we can't bury all these bodies there's really nothing we can do we have to burn them or like they're going to be desecrated in this other way by just being eaten by animals and stuff. Right. So like essentially the logic would be, let's take the worst of two evils. Let's burn them. Um, you know, and, uh, Saeed is very dubious of that plan. Um, and you know, he talks about, think about the religion, like think about the faith of these people. And, some of them, it's like sacrilege to to burn or cremate a body, um, 
And so, you know, and, and like one of the things is um, I looked up in Islam. So in Islam, it is sacrilege, uh, burning and cremation. So he, he's even from his own personal perspective, he's that could be where he's coming from as well. Um, so again, like this idea of, okay, you have this log you have this point of view or this perspective from this logical side, but there's also this other side to it that is very, very important to many people. And so Saeed comes in um, to bring this different perspective in because not everything can always be pure science, right? Right, right. Not, not everything can. Now, of course, we'll get to the memorial service part in, in just a second as well. But we – so Jack says – it's amazing in this episode that Jack does not does not want to be the leader. Yeah, a, he's Jack, rejecting Jack it. Not, right, he's rejecting it, but yet here he is making a leader step and saying, "This is what we're going to do." It, it's just, it's, it's to me, it's just, it's funny how he's doing that. He's kind of, it's like he doesn't want it, but he wants it, but then he wants it, but then he doesn't want it, and it's just, it's weird. It's, it's, it's this inner turmoil because people are looking up to him, so he's got to make some kind of decision. Yeah, and that's the hero's um, journey, like. Right. One of the classic stages of the hero's journey is the refusal of the call, and that's you know something he's grap- he, you know the, the hero grapples with is I, I want it or I don't. It's something I want, but it's tough to commit to that kind of thing. Right. Right. So they end up, so they end up saying we're going to burn the body, and he said we're going to do it at night. And I think that's actually as as I know I understand the sacrilege part to it, but if they are going to burn it. I think that was the best option for Jack because he said, if we do it at night, nobody's obviously discovered us during the day. You know, they're looking for us a thousand miles off course. Let's do it at night. So he's like, why, why are we going to wait till night? And Kate says, the boat people can see. Somebody passing by can see this giant flame. So at least he's thinking smartly in that regards. Yep. Again, logic. So, right. Logic. Um, so then they investigate. Lot kind of steps in eventually, and I love this eerie smile he gives when he says "boars." <laughs> it's like he is he he he's ready. Like this is his, like he knows this is his chance to shine finally. <laughs> so that's that that comes before Jack is treating Charlie's wounds because Charlie got ran over by a boar in this episode. Not the only person get run over by the boar. So the next morning. Uh, Kate goes and he's fi- and she finds Saeed and obviously you can tell Saeed is not happy about the decision to burn the body and Kate obviously acknowledges that. So then they begin, she asks him what he's working on. He's working on something to try, try to triangulate the position of a of the signal, where it's coming from because obviously there's got to be a, very t- a tower somewhere that's boosting the signal that's been running for 16 plus years. And a power source attached to it. Right. And a power source attached to it that can really help them. So he's working. He doesn't know if it's going to work, but he's going to. He's he's trying it anyways. Um. So then we, we cut over to Hurley and Sawyer fighting, <laughs> and they begin to fight. Oh, we find out that they begin to fight over the last pack of peanuts, and that 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 was left. And Sawyer's like, "It's mine. I dug for it. I went for it. It's mine." Now we understand that logic. Obviously, but he is—he isn't sharing. <laughs> but they—but then Jack's like, "Well, what happened to the rest of the food, dude? We ran out." And everybody's like, "Well, we ran out of food, run out of food, run out of food." So Sawyer goes and he sits. I love this part. Sawyer goes and he sits down, and <laughs> so what are we gonna do for food? 
The you see, you see a knife go right beside Sawyer. Big old hunting knife. <laughs> Big old hunting knife. You never know. And everybody just kind of looks like where it came. Sawyer just like kind of stares at it, like what just happened? And you look, and there's John Locke. And then uh, and John Locke suggests going on a hunting trip for the boar. Yeah. For the boar, and Jack pretty much says, you know, you 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 got any you got any other uh, you know ideas? And Sawyer's like, no, and. He starts talking, so Locke starts talking about finding it, flanking it, slitting its throat, and that kind of thing. And Sawyer looks at Jack and says, and you gave him back his knife? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just one of those those small moments that kind of make you chuckle. Um, But anyway, so they suggest a hunting trip to go hunting for boar. Um, And then we get a flashback. Locke gets a phone call. Now we don't know exactly where Locke's at. He gets a phone call and he's called he's called General. Or is it General or Colonel? I think it's Colonel. I forgot, he, yeah, but one of those. He he he's called he got he so he gets called one of those names and he's called one of those names and it's and we don't know what he's doing. We think it's a a, a phone call. Um, he works in a military somewhere obviously because he just threw a knife so he's got to have some kind of military explain, you know, uh, training or something like that. And it's not. He is just happens to be somebody in a cubicle that works for a box company that we don't know about yet, but he, he will. Um, he, so he works in a cubicle as an office worker, and Randy comes in and starts just hassling him and hassling him. Did you, did you, did you pick up on the TPS reports? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you're, this is back. This is probably just like, a few back, years after that movie came yeah, out. Yeah, like back then, that movie was pretty... I think I had been watching it a bunch of times. It was a hilarious movie, you know? So, yeah, TPS reports, for sure. Office space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Randy is this young, smug uh, boss of Locke that just kind of keeps putting him in his putting him in his place and, and just making him feel bad. And you can tell this guy's a bully from the start. And it's, it, it, it's amazing that Locke takes the bully brunt from this guy. Instead of standing up for him, so, so anyways, so we he's a cubicle worker, and then it kind of shifts back where back to the island. We find that out, and Jack and Kate are talking because Kate decides she wants to go with Locke on the hunting trip, and Jack, you know, Jack understands there's a different reason Kate wants to go on a hunting trip doesn't know but he's pulling the reason out of her and she ends up coming and well you know we want to try to triangulate the position of where the distress call is coming from okay cool you couldn't in any kind of stands there for a second say anything else uh, he's still trying to get her to tell him to 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 a point yeah i think he wants to know but he doesn't want to know what she did right so that's so that's why he kind of leaves that question open-ended um, it didn't occur to me at that moment that that's that's that, that's what he was doing, but um, <clears throat> he. But now that I think of it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think it's at this moment that he refers to. I think so. Sawyer refers to the the, the forest as the magic forest, <laughs> and yes. Jack refers to it as the heart of darkness. <laughs> you going into the heart of darkness, huh? And um, you know, it's probably good to mention that's a reference to Joseph Conrad's. Uh, novella heart of darkness which involves um a journey into the deep congo and you get this deep critical um deep criticism of civilized english 
colonial power and and you know when I say civilized I, I sort of use those air quotes because um, it's not so civilized and in this the, the idea of like the savage versus the civilization and the the civilized people are actually really the ones who are the most savage in many ways especially when it comes to treatment of the quote unquote savages so um, so yeah so that's definitely an idea to be you know that's 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 weird in there on purpose it's an idea to have in your minds like what 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 kind of people are these civilized people really and what can they become yeah and and it's amazing how the writers of the show put so many hints to pop culture or books or art or things like that in there and it's interesting to see what they mean and how they reference something actually this is the one move, the one show. I don't remember when it comes out, but eventually, is something uh, like the the uh, the book Lord of the Flies is eventually going to come out somewhere in this uh, in this show, and that's actually like, oh, that sounds like an interesting book book. And I went back, and that's the first time I actually read that book because of this show. So, um, and that made that part that we'll get to seem a little bit more. Oh, okay, I understand why that why that book was quoted now. Mm-hmm. I get it. So, Loss had a really good way of helping. And I think Lost did that. They got it. They had a good way of helping you connect back with culture that people may have forgotten about, and and help you dig into some classics of things. Yeah, and you know, even if you hadn't forgotten about it, maybe just not not uh, cool enough to to revisit or just whatever. And then this gives it a little buzz, you know, and it makes you go back and read A Tale of Two Cities or something like that. Yeah, that was that was another you know that was another book I went and read you know and I went and read of mice and men as well because we'll, we'll we'll that that book will come up yeah but some of these books I never would have read if I hadn't watched Lost so I appreciate the way Lost did that yeah that's cool so Michael sees Son says apparently Michael wants to go on this trip too and he sees Son he tries to communicate and that communication is hilarious every time I watch it um, he asks Son to to try to watch Walt. While he goes out, he just make the like like the stabbing motion. Go hunt! I I hunt. <laughs> you know, just like caveman style. And um and he Walt says, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. And and Michael says, No, no, no. You need to stay here and that kind of thing. He and he's, he's walking away. He's like, Hey, look. Think of this as a time where I get to go spend time with and and learn about your 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 friend, Mister Locke. That's a good dad. I think it's a good dad. He wants to get him away from his son so he can check him out. Yeah, and um, it's funny because so far, Michael, he's not terribly, I guess he's sympathetic, but he's not terribly heroic at all, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, no. Um, but he wants to be, you know, and he, want, he wants to be there. Uh, and, you know, and we, we do learn some stuff today in this episode about um, his, about their relationship and their scenario, and we'll get to that in a bit. Right, and we will, and, and we find out where, where you know where you come from, that kind of thing. Now, keep an eye on Michael throughout the the arc of this show. Um, some 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 things are things are going to be interesting. Just so just just keep your eye on that. Um, so Claire comes up to so they leave to go hunting, and Claire comes up to Jack, and wants him to lead a memorial service for the forthcoming burning of the bodies. And Jack pretty much says. If you want to do that, I don't care. That's he remember says that that that's not my thing. I don't care. Jack still doesn't want to lead the group, and you can tell that he he just he just wants to get things done, and he he doesn't want to lead the group. He doesn't. It's like he doesn't realize that 
the leadership role that he sort of um, it's partly thrust upon him, partly he feels like it's his responsibility. Like it, it, it's an all encompassing kind of thing. Um, right. And whether that's like um, he needs help or he needs to delegate or whatever, like there, there is some challenges there for him in his leadership role. Yeah, there, there, there is, there is. And, um, I think he doesn't want to lead, but he doesn't want somebody like Sawyer to lead. Right. So he's leading just enough to get people appeased, so that Sawyer doesn't <laughs> doesn't get the lead because we don't we don't want Sawyer to lead the island at this moment. We we just we, no. Um, but anyway, so um, he says if you want to do it, that's fine, whatever. So then Boone and Shannon begin to argue about fishing. <laughs> like Boone goes up to Shannon. I love this dynamic they have because, uh, and you'll learn about their dynamic later on. But it, it Boone. Boone Permit says, are you going to do anything useful besides just sit there? And uh, she says, I'm going to go, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> and she decides she's going to go fishing. And we'll see Shannon fish in, quote unquote, in, in a little bit. And then Boone starts to talk to her about Rose. You know, that lady's been over there by herself. And, and she kind of throws out, well, why don't you just go find out what's going on and, and take care of her and that kind of thing. Um, so he, he kind of walks away and he goes and sees, uh, sees, sees Jack. He says, Jack, there's a woman that's been sitting over there with no food, no water by herself. Um, you need to, you, somebody needs to go talk to her. Make sure she's okay. So then this scene shifts to Locke in the jungle, and he discovers that they're getting closer to the boar. They're looking at the, the boar tend to dig in the dirt, like he said, and, and rub their tusk on the tree. So uh, they're getting closer to the boar, and they're walking around. The hunting party is continuing to track the boar, and Jack eventually walks over to Rose when he shifts back to the beach. And Jack is trying to talk to her, and she doesn't talk back at all. Um, but my question is, why is he putting a blanket on her on an island? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I mean, is she cold? I mean, I don't think it would be cold out there. Old people but, like blankets, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess, That's yeah. stereoty- stereotyping, Jack. Jeez. Come on, man. No, uh, but anyway, so Rose doesn't doesn't talk back, so there's... Sh- I like the this this episode kind of the scenes kind of shift back and forth uh, quite a bit in this episode. Um, so you see Jack's talking to Rose and doesn't talk back, and then the scene shifts back again to the hunting party and they're continuing to track the boar. And Michael's having a good conversation with Kate. Uh, Michael reveals that he was not always a part of Walt's life until his mom, until Walt's mom died two weeks ago. Yeah, and he went to Australia to pick up Walt. And we now understand the dynamic of why Michael is struggling with Walt. Yep. Why he's struggling to connect with him and Walt's struggling to connect with Michael in the show. Um, so Locke kind of says, you know, sh- you know, there's, there's the, you know, there's something over there. He starts making hand signals and Michael just talks and gives away their position and the boars come running out and ends up injuring Michael. At the moment. Good job, Michael. Way to ruin the moment there. And then we get a flashback. And we find out that Locke is the reason he's called a colonel is because him and another guy are playing a war game at lunch. It looks pretty cool. I want to know what game they were playing. Did, did you? Could you figure out what game they were playing? It looked like they were playing Risk with, um, like, army Plastic men. Plastic army so, men? Yeah, toys. Yeah. <laughs> so That's, it might have been some version of 
I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it was an actual game I, that I just am not familiar with. But that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I love Risk. Risk is one of my favorite games. He's just he's just talking about you know be patient, be patient. And right there, Randy comes in and begins the mock lock again. And if okay, so if Randy was my boss, would there not be some kind of person higher up than him he could probably go to? Because I mean, this guy is just. I mean, he's just straight up bullying Locke. Yeah. He begins to make fun of him, and he begins. He goes through. We find out he goes through his desk and finds this pack, uh, the paper about a walkabout walk. The whole walkabout Locke's going to go on, and he said, "Dude, you can't even. You, you know, you can't do that. You can't do anything in here." <laughs> and begins to mock him, and Locke says a famous line you're going to hear a lot: "Don't tell me what I can't do." And the scene shifts back to the island, and we get to um, we get to Locke and Kate leaves Mike, Kate, and Michael, and goes after the boar. So Kate's trying to stitch up Locke. Locke's laying on the ground, or stitch up Michael, or try to tie off the the wound. And Locke finally gets up, and she said, "Where are you going? I'm going to go get that boar, but we have to. You can't do that by yourself. We have to get Michael back." And he simply says the same line. Don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah, and and you're starting to get this sense of uh, Locke feels like there's some fate or destiny, and this uh, this line that he keeps repeating is kind of the, his mantra of this fate or destiny that he keeps moving towards. Right, and you almost see that same fate and the mantra in this in in that in that phrase like the entire series with Locke. Mm-hmm. That, that we watch. So then the scene shifts back to Hurley is now helping Charlie fish. Cause apparently, you know, Shannon is not going to actually go fishing herself. Cause she ends up tricking. Uh, I kind of miss this back. Shannon ends up tricking like a Charlie, a high, a very high Charlie into fishing for her. Yeah. And she plays this charm of, you know, being a, being a, you know, into him and he's digging it. And then, now he's fishing with Hurley, and they are they are doing some kind of unique spear fishing with bamboo and a piece of metal from from the plane. And they're bonding, and, and they're, they're, bonding. they're they're like this friendship is starting to form here. Right, and that is, and that's, and and that that's good. That that's good, and and you'll see you'll see that friendship you know bloom a little bit more later on as we, as we keep going. So the scene shifts back to the beach again, and Claire hands Cyan an envelope, and in that envelope is a picture of a woman. Now, there's a couple things about this scene that kind of strike me. Number one, how did Claire know that that was, envelope was meant for Saeed? Can she read Arabic? I don't know. She said it had his name on it, so I don't know. Right. I don't know if his name was in English or if it was in Arabic. But anyways, I just, I just assumed. And then it's a picture of a woman. When you first saw this, did you know who that woman was? I can't remember. Okay. I can't, I, I can't remember. Back then, like, I, I can't remember, no. Yeah, so I you know, I think the directors kind of want us to think, oh, that's Saeed's wife, or that's, you know, someone Saeed loves, or a girlfriend, or something like that. And uh, so we just see him looking at this thing. And then we go back to Rose, and Jack's still there. And Rose finally begins to talk to Jack, and she she says the the funniest line to me. And it, you're, Rose Rose is a sweet lady, 
in this in this in this episode, and she finally says, "You know, I'm gonna let you off the hook. Off the hook for what? You know, I, I, you know, I'm let you. You, you don't have to take care of me until my husband comes back from the bathroom. I'm gonna let you off the hook." And you get the sense that, and he just he chuckles, and you realize that she's okay. And he even 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 brings up the fact that they're going to have a memorial service for all those who have died um, in this plane crash. And he says, you know, you're more than welcome to make a a memory about your, you know, about your husband. Well, why would I think about husband? Well, Rose, he was in the tail section of the plane, and he was he 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 died. And she said, my husband's not dead. And she said, Rose, the 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 plane tail section broke off in mid in mid air. There were no other survivors. And she says this phrase, and 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 just keep keep this phrase in mind. She says this phrase. She says, she says they're probably thinking the exact same thing about us. Perspective, point of view, right? And uh, this comment basically seems to stir something inside Jack. And we're getting into this whole faith. Versus, you know, the logic says they're dead. Faith says they're, we don't know, right? And Jack seems to, something stirs in Jack and his logic gets put to the test because he suddenly sees a new person, a man in a suit, off in the distance. And uh, someone we've never seen before, but Jack seems to recognize or whatever, but he's out there... um, and so, yeah, so, like, something is challenging <laughs> that scientific side of Jack because he's really seeing something here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it, 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 it is. It is. And that, you know, we, 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 I think we skipped a few scenes before we got to that part, too. You know, the, this, the way the camera, the way the notes are, it's, it's difficult because the camera, the scene shifts, like I said, quite a bit in this episode. So we see these little bits here and there, but yeah, it, it puts him to the test. Yeah. It puts his his logic because Jack is a man of logic. If it's there, you know he we learn we know he's a doctor, and we'll learn more about his backstory later. But we know that it's got to be real logical, and when it comes, like you said, front face to face with with faith, then it does get put to the test, especially with somebody like Rose, mm-hmm. who holds on to a lot of faith. So she lets him off the hook, and we get another flashback. And Locke is on the phone with somebody. He's on the phone with Helen, because Randy finds out he's got a, he, you know, he, his boss finds out he's apparently dating a girl, quote unquote. And Locke is on the phone with Helen. And he's talking with Helen, and and he starts talking to her, and he says, you know, I, I finally stood up to Randy. I finally, I finally did it, and I felt, and it, and it felt good. And you know, I. I'm going to go on that lockabout that we've talked about. And she was so thankful. She's like, yeah, great. You know, you've been talking about that for, for a while now. I'm so glad you're finally going to do it. And he says, and I got two tickets. And and he he's talking, and then he just kind of says, Helen, are you there? Are you there? And come to find out that Helen is just somebody he's been talking to by paying for an hour to talk to this lady. We don't know what she does. We don't know where she's at, but he bought her a ticket, and she pretty much said, I can't get involved with customers. You know that. So obviously we know that they have had a long time to talk about. whatever They've, they've been talking for a long time. And she says, Locke, I've got to go. But if And he's trying to get her to stay on the phone, he's, and she says, Locke, if you, if you stay on the phone another hour, it's going to cost you eighty nine ninety five, and you don't have that kind of money. 
and then she ends up hanging up on him. Mm-hmm. So now we know, and Locke is angry. Now we know Locke is, he's by himself. Some, you know, I, I think that would have been my first clue, by the way, to him being in a wheelchair, is that he's sitting on the bed the way he's sitting. Yeah. And not moving. Mm-hmm. Instead of sitting in a chair or something like that, he's he's sitting in that and that kind of setup. It's like yeah, it's like a different scene, and he's still not walking around or doing anything. You know what I mean? Like it's another clue that kind of might might tip the tip the scales on 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 learning on figuring out what's wrong with him. Um, but yeah, it's this very pitiful scenario. You get this sense that like this guy who comes off. To these i to to the people on the island as this like, okay, who's this strange, mysterious, you know, guy who can throw knives and hunt and he knows all about killing boars and slitting throats and and it turns out whatever whatever however long ago this was what like a month ago like whatever this this is a pretty this flashback's not that far back right so no it's, it's not it, it's he's like not that long ago he was this guy. Right. He was his best friend was somebody he paid to talk with on the phone. Um, He was trying to break free from this like mundane life. He was being bullied and you kind of have a lot of pity for the guy. You do. You, you, You do. I mean, he's he's he he's a broken man. He's he's a he's a depressed man. He's. He's got he's he's got no one, and now the one person he's talked to, Helen, hangs up on him, and we find out that she's not even a real I don't want to say a real friend because they 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 did kind of develop some of a friendship, but it's a customer, you know, a customer a with boundaries where there's a point where the, that friendship can only go so far, right, right, and she she lets him know that, so so now locks out this extra ticket, but that's not the point after that. Um, so anyways, it flashes back to the island and Michael and Kate stop so she can put a signal booster up. Um, so she climbs up to the trees and something begins to knock down the trees. Matter of fact, it's heading toward Locke. (laughs) Whatever this monster creature thing in the woods is, it's back. It's back. So Locke is chasing a boar into a clearing when whatever was knocking down the trees comes out and faces off with Locke. All we see is Locke backing up with this fearful face. And so essentially the perspective we have at that point is we are in, we, we're seeing through the eyes of this, whatever it is. We have no clue what it is because we can't see it because we only see Locke <laughs> because we're it essentially right. at that point looking at Locke um, just like dumbfounded and in, possibly in shock or whatever just from seeing whatever it is so so he sees it and we don't know what it is no one else knows what it is but he seems to be the first person who actually sees whatever this thing is right and and keep in mind this exact scene for later on in the show um there are some theories that come out of this scene that that you'll want to kind of collect the scene to your memory and th- think about it. When when those theories, when 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 we get closer to the to the part where those theories come out, we'll we'll discuss them as well, on kind of what what you know what some of the theories were. Yeah, each episode essentially like there's the, you know the, the, we're getting a little pattern here where there's something that you want to put a pin in a bookmark and and just kind of log that in the back of your mind for later. Right, and this is definitely one of those scenes. Um, so 
the scene shifts back to the beach now, and Sawyer goes up to Claire and gives her a bunch of passports of the dead people. So you could see Sawyer carried this whole, you know, you know, I'm bad to the bone kind of a guy. I don't want to talk to anybody. It's all about me. But yet you see these caring moments in Sawyer throughout this through throughout this episode and even right here you 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 see this moment where he goes to Claire when he could have kept those passports I mean he didn't have any use for them yeah let's just be honest they, they were they were dead and he was stuck on an island what use was he going to have and he says you know what they they want to do something honorable let me give it to Claire and Claire since Claire's going to be leading up this thing and you see Walt learns about island toothpaste <laughs> Um, and then Michael and Kate show up at the beach and Walt runs up over to Michael and, you know, and asks the, it's like the first question he asks is where's Mr. Locke? (laughs) He doesn't even care about dad. Where's Mr. Locke? (laughs) And, uh, and, and the answer is we, 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 we don't know. (laughs) We, We really don't know where Locke is. And we, we flash back to. To, to to Shannon and Shannon's doing just she's 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 hanging up her clothes to dry instead of helping, and Charlie walks up and hands her the fish, and Boone just apologizes to Charlie because she just completely used him to catch this fish, and Boone and Shannon walk away arguing about this fish, and Charlie's just left, left hanging for his efforts. <laughs> poor poor Charlie, in this mode. Poor, poor Charlie. Um, I love how, like, so there's this one random thing, and I don't know if it was just the luck of how they shot it and it just sort of randomly happened or what, but she puts her bathing suit top just, like, to hang up to dry or something like that, and she just puts it on, like, a stick. She just, like, absentmindedly puts it on the top of a stick, and the wind is just, like, blowing like crazy, and it just reminds me of this idea, like, you know, like, not really thinking of the consequences. Like, the, the most likely scenario, if you just put... This very lightweight thing, on the, just gently, gingerly on the top of this stick, it's just going to blow away, right? But yeah. because it's Claire, you know what I mean? Like, just because it's that kind of person, it, it doesn't. It's just fine. It just stays on that stick. It's just one of those weird things that I don't know if that was intentional or what, but it comes off to me as that, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, it 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 is it, 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 it was weird. I mean, the whole and even the fish looked weird in that scene. It looked it it, it you you could tell that 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 fish was honestly it was fake. You could you could really tell. Uh, but yeah, it, the the wind was blowing and she's put it on this stick and, and <laughs> her hair. It, it it was it was hilarious. It was funny to me. Um, so they show up on the beach. Charlie catches a fish and left hanging. And Rose and Jack have a heart to heart like we like we talked about earlier. They have this heart to heart about Rose's husband being in the back of the plane, that kind of thing. And like you mentioned earlier, Jack sees someone in a suit in the woods. Now, this is very unusual. Uh, I think when I first saw this, I'm like, okay, Jack has not been drinking enough water. Jack's got to be hallucinating right now. We don't know who this person in a suit is or why this person is even in a suit here at this moment. Mm -hmm. So Jack ends up seeing Kate again. Um and there, you could tell that they're starting to grow a relationship between one another. Even though he knows she's hiding something, and he wants to know what's going on, um, you could definitely tell that there is a relationship growing between these two. Um, and so they begin to discuss Locke on the beach. They discuss Locke, where is he, what happened to him, 
and they don't know. And then Jack again sees a figure in the tree line, the same person in the suit. So what does Jack do? He runs toward the mirage. <laughs> and he run, him and Kate run into the trees, and they get into the tree line, and they hear some rustling in the leaves, and here comes Locke, bloody all over his shirt, just just all over his face, and he's dragging a boar. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if you uh, touched on it, but Kate believed he was dead. You know, she said, I, I, I think he's dead. I think I think whatever's out there got him. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mention that, that she thought he was dead, but I think I said just just said that, you know, he wasn't coming back or something. I, I don't remember. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. So you get this like immediate uh, oh, return. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and now and then he's back with the boar. Right. And, 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 he, and he's back with the boar. And um, he's just got this smile on his face, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I, I did it. They told me I couldn't do it, but hey, I, I, I did it." Um. So then we the scene shifts back to the memorial service on the beach. Um, Claire is talking about all the people that have, you know, that was that was that was killed. And while this is going on, you have a few things happening. You see, Jack is over where Rose was sitting, still sitting on the beach. He's he's now seen this weird figure. His logic, his whole reasoning, has been questioned and put into practice or put put to the test by Rose, and he's got a lot on his mind right now. And you, on the other part of the island, you see Charlie. He's he's getting high again mm-hmm. in the background, and you see this 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 pack he originally had in the first episode. Now you see it getting smaller and smaller amounts. So any person logically would be thinking, okay, eventually he's going to run out. Yep. And what's going to happen then? And just just keep that little baggie in mind because – and he shows up and he's just got his hood on. And he's standing next to Kate at the memorial service and Michael walks up to Locke and he, he congratulates Locke. You know, congratulations on, on, on getting the boar. And you can almost start to see something kind of form between them. There's still those red flags and that awkwardness. Mm. But something is starting to definitely show up there. Um, so is there anything else before we get into the final two flashbacks? No, I'm, that, I'm not, I don't okay. think so. So we get, we get another flashback, and Locke is at the office of the walkabout, and he is being denied the walkabout. He says, "Listen, we can't give you back your money because you did not, you were not truthful with us on your, on your, you know, on your interview and that kind of thing." And he said, "I never said." He said, "But you left it out, your condition out, and it's a lie of omission. You didn't tell us the condition that you have. That's why you cannot go." So he's, "Look, I cannot give you money back, but we will pay for your for, for your fare back to the states from from Australia." And then he says, he says. He says, I can do this. He says, you cannot do this. And he says that same line. Don't tell me what I can't do. And all of a sudden, you see the guy get up. And he's walk- as he's walking out, you see Locke from around the side of the front of the desk and Locke's in a wheelchair. And now everything starts to make sense in the previous episodes and in this episode. Locke is in a wheelchair. So then my first thought was, what in the world? How is he walking? And then you kind of get this semi-flashback to the first to, to the pilot episode, and you understand now why he was looking at his legs, and why he was wiggling his toes, mm-hmm. and you see him slowly get up on the beach, 
And then you see Jack yell, help, help, I need some help. Hey, you come over here and help. And you see him run to help Jack kind of with a smile on his face too. Like, hey, I am, I'm walking. I am, I am running now. After all these years, I, I am running. I'm going to go help. Now, we kind of see Locke in the first episode, in the pilot episode, Help Jack, but we don't know his story yet. Right. So I love the way that the show and the directors and the writers have cut those things in. And there's a point There's a point in this episode, we might not have mentioned it, but when the boar gets Michael, uh, Locke falls down. And I, I think it's like at that point, like he maybe hit his head or something because he kind of like starts getting up and then he, he looks at his feet and he feels like, like there might be a mental block where like he can't walk at that point because he almost reverts back mentally. Um, right. And he even calls Kate Helen. By the way, little random tidbit here. My daughter's name is Helen. But uh, yeah, so he call he he refers to Kate as Helen, and and like at that point, there there's definitely like again more foreshadowing there of him sort of struggling with that that feeling of of helplessness. Right, and he he probably thought he he like you said he probably thought he he lost his ability to walk there. Right now we didn't we didn't know why he was he was down there, but but yeah, I mean, it, it's he he thought he was helpless again. His his mind was kind of kind of there. So there's little details in this episode that if we could warn you about anything, you really kind of need to put into your memory. Mm. Um, that will come back to help you, so we don't have to go back and watch it again. Even though we want you to go watch it again. So then we kind of flash back again to. You know, we see Locke was on the beach helping Jack, and then we kind of flash back again to the memorial service, and Locke is standing there at the memorial service, and he just kind of glazes over at the wheelchair and just begins smiling. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not in that wheelchair anymore. And it's so funny that the wheelchair was like, was like a smoking gun, the, like the first four episodes, because you had, you had no idea, you know, hey, there's a wheelchair. Somebody was obviously on, you know, in a wheelchair on this plane, and maybe it was somebody, you know, there's nobody here that was in a wheelchair, so maybe it was somebody that was in a tail session that didn't make it. Right, or so no- maybe airplanes just, you know, like, so, like when I travel with my mother-in-law, per se, like, um... Even though she can walk, we might she might go in a wheelchair just to, because like you're doing a lot of walking, you know what I mean? Right. And it might be just better to just have that kind of courtesy there. So maybe it's one of those scenarios. Who knows? But um, yeah, and you know, like so back to Locke and uh, don't tell me what I can't do, right? And right. this idea of he feels like there's this destiny out there and as he's smiling at that chair he he seems to realize like my destiny wasn't to go on that walkabout like i thought that was my destiny i thought that was my fate i'm realizing now that crash landing on this island was my fate so he's he's one of the few right now that seems to be happy to have sort of like this is what this is what he realizes he was meant to do Right, and you're so what uh, you're going to have a lot of different, you know, bringing bringing Locke's fate into this. You're going to have a lot of different areas of belief on this show. So you're going to have you're going to have the area of faith, which is with like Rose and um, uh, uh, uh oh, I, I can't think of somebody else. Uh, but you're going to have like you're going to have like Rose, and then you're going to have the logical person, like Jack. Who's going to see everything in black and white? There's, there's, if there's this, then there's this. 
There is no gray area. And then you're going to have Locke, who had deals with the belief of fate and destiny and that kind of thing. So you almost have three, three kind of, I don't want to say religious, but you almost have three different kind of uh, belief systems running parallel right now with one another. You've got fate, you've got logic, and you've got faith. And, and you're seeing them from all the main, the main people. Um, so it's, it, it is interesting. It, it really is. And I love, um, I, I, I love seeing these things and how they're, the show is not afraid to dig into some of these religious areas or the belief of fate or the belief of faith or, or what, whatnot, um, in this, and especially in this episode. Um, well, anything else? Uh no I I I've been trying to come up with Star Wars references and I I feel like I it's I, hard. I, I remember them all the time but it might be kind of getting into more like later episodes but a couple of things that stand out to me first of all uh, a funeral pyre is something that happens in Return of the Jedi so you have the you know burning of the bodies and you have that burning of Vader in Return of the Jedi and then the other thing obviously is destiny right. So one of the major themes of Star Wars um, are are the the various ways that people are trying to pull Luke and suggest that this something is his destiny. Vader's trying to say it's your destiny, and and so on. So so those are the two lost Star Wars references I picked up on this week. All right, cool, cool. I like those. Uh, I had a couple of quotes. I've already said two of them don't tell me what i can't do and then um sawyer said to jack and you gave his not him his knife back uh the other one was from boone to shannon when she talked about i can fish i can get fish boone said i hate to break it to you but the ocean is not going to take your gold card (laughs) um anyway so there are a couple of uh pop culture references that were mentioned uh, alongside of what bill mentioned already um one of them was right after Locke. we mentioned this area when he talked about tps reports uh the movie office space came out in 1999 uh and it showed a reference kind of to that um willy wonka and the chocolate factory is mentioned the one from 1971 in this movie as well as the little princess from 1939 is mentioned in this movie never seen that one um and then boone gets called captain america by shannon that's right yes yeah i thought about that i was thinking how all right so Oh four, what like what year did the first X Men come out? Probably roughly around then, right? Oh, it's about it's about two thousand was the first X Men. Okay, all right. So this was this was the era of the X Men, like the, Captain America. In terms of like Marvel, like movies and stuff, Captain America at that point was not really on people's radar. Yeah. So this it, it was. I, I, it was it was really more of a reference to why don't you go be a goody goody two shoes right. and um and and go go talk to her than if you got you know if you're so worried about her but it was just I just thought I'd throw that Marvel reference in there just for you know just because we all like Marvel and I like DC but we all like Marvel so we had a we had a DC reference was it last episode or, or was that the pilot where we had a DC reference and now we got a little Marvel reference oh i don't remember what the dc reference was so um the flash comic book yeah yeah that was that was in the first episode with the, the one with the polar bear yeah. where it was in uh where it was in french i think right right so anything else uh before we close out this episode then no what's up next the next episode we have is white rabbit 
White Rabbit, it's a Jack-centric episode, so we kind of get a little bit of backstory about Jack. Nice. In the next episode. I love the... I, I don't know. I say these are some of my favorite ones, but the problem is they're all good to me. Well, that's not true. Some of them are kind of blah to me, but it's just you can't have great episodes all the time. You can't, you can't have a 24-episode... Any show, 24 episodes, however many. I'm sure it's over 20, whatever that number is. You just can't have it without having a few duds, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's, there's going to be those. But this next episode is really good. It's a white, so I encourage you to, to watch it, take notes, um, and send us your thoughts as well on what you think. Talk to us about it in the Discord and stuff like that. But speaking of all that, we want you, as we close, to follow us. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, at RetroZapped. You can also follow us on Twitter at the DC Fanboy. Um, that's well, that's me. You can also follow at the DC. That's at the DC underscore Fanboy. And Bill, where can we find you at on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at Lost Star Wars, all one word. All right, and you can also find um, our podcast on Twitter as well. Did you know that? I, I know we have a Twitter, but I don't. Ha- I'm not sure if I have it access is, to it yet. <laughs> it is, it is at Lost Rewatch Pod. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Lost Rewatch Pod, and we'd love to have you on there. We're also on Instagram as well, and uh, that will be coming up soon. That we will be able to tell you the the specific thing. K- keep an eye out in Discord if you really want to know where that uh, where that Twitter handle is for our Lost Rewatch podcast. Uh, so join us in RetroZap Discord. Go to RetroZap.com for more details uh, on how to join us in Discord, how to, um, how to you know, there, we have a lot of lobbies. We'd love to hear, you You know, some of you who haven't been going through Lost, who've never gone through it, we'd love to hear your theories in Discord. And again, we mentioned us in the last episode, if you have seen the, ep- seen the show and somebody who hasn't seen the show is watching it, please don't spoil it for, for them when they give their theory in Discord. Please, please be respectful. And don't spoil it for them, um, you know. But engage in con conversation, and we—it it looks like it's going to be a, a good time, regardless. I, I know I'm looking forward to it. I, I am uh, for for sure. Me too. Everything that we're going to do. Uh, also, go to retrozap.com for all of the articles, post, podcast, and anything. Um, you know, T Public Store. There's there's all there's a lot of stuff on the retrozap.com website for your fandom. So check it out. Yeah, lot, lots of check- good lots of good podcasts. Um, there's there's various TV show podcasts. I know the Game of Thrones uh, we know nothing show just wrapped up their, you know, that sh- that series ended, but they're going to keep they're going to keep podcasting with books and uh, and stuff. Uh, there's DC and Marvel TV show podcasts and yep. there's just so much stuff on retrozap.com. That's right. Even your show, Bill. What is your uh, what is your other show that you do? So I have a uh, action figure collecting podcast called The Dork Lair. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Good, good, good podcast too, guys. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to listen to it. Um, by the way, before we do close, I must mention as well our Twitter handle is previously on Lost Podcast. So find us as previous on Lost Podcast. Well, if that's it, then I guess we will get back on the boat and get off the island for one more week. And we're, we'll be back to, uh, here in a couple weeks when we talk about White Rabbit. So see you all later. Peace.